business class listeners, you're tuned in to Wisco Weekly. Class listeners, what's going on? It's your host, Dennis Wisco. You're tuned in to another episode of Wisco Weekly, the podcast by automotive executives for automotive entrepreneurs. And on today's episode, we are going to be covering the Lithia Motors earnings call. If you heard some of the previous episodes, we've been doing a lot of earnings calls on the podcast, featured a little bit of Excel Fleet, Metro Mile, Auto Nation. And now we're doing Lithia. And we have a couple more coming up, especially with regards to some of the publicly traded auto groups, the Penske's, the Sonics, the Asbury's. And even, even next week, we have Tesla's earnings calls that will go live on Monday. That's the earnings calls. So then we'll do a follow-up analysis on that earnings call. I will have a special guest joining me, Rahul Sanad, who was a prior guest on the episode. But that's going to be great. I don't often like to talk about Tesla. There's just, there's a lot of pundits already out there. And, you know, I guess the only reason why I will be talking about Tesla is because I will have Rahul Sanad, who is definitely a Tesla and Elon enthusiast and critic. And I think that's one of the things that I do love about talking to him about what's going on in the Tesla world. So on today's episode... Lithia Motors, Lithia Motors. You know, if AutoNation, if AutoNation is Mr. Slow and Steady in terms of their share price, Lithia is the nuclear bomb of automotive groups. If you take a look at where their stock was about 52 weeks ago, and let's say actually at the crash back in March, they were trading right at about $60. Now, they are trading right at about $380, $382, give or take some. They even got as high. Their record high was a little over $400, I believe, like $410 or something. So Lithia, and Lithia is the big dog now. When it comes to publicly traded companies, AutoNation has held that title for a very long time. But now Lithia holds the title of the most valued publicly traded company. Their market cap, which can fluctuate, but their market cap is about $10 billion, which is about $2 billion more than AutoNation. So on the Lithia earnings call, it was a very long call, very long call. I'm going to play some clips for you, but before we get to those clips... Let's start with some of the highlights of their earnings call. And I'm just going to read off for you some of the highlights as they noted per their press release. And also what I thought was a highlight um, that Brian DeBoer, the chief executive officer, that uh, Brian also spoke about uh, on the call. So first quarter 2021 net income. Well, first off, again, this earnings call covers quarter one of 2021. So first quarter 2021 net income was $156 million. New vehicle retail sales increased 59.7%. 
used vehicle retail sales increased 54.6%. F&I finance and insurance per unit increased 13.2%. Service, body, and part sales increased 22.5%. So the overall trend here, and this is kind of what the data suggests going going back to the summer, is car sales for as much as a lot of states close down the sales operation side of a dealership business. For the most part, these dealership bodies have recovered very, very quickly. And if anything, they are doing even better than they were before. Part of it has to do with the fact that the new vehicle supply is limited. So used car pricing has gone up. When it does come to making deals on new cars, dealers don't have to discount as much. Automakers aren't providing as many incentives as many incentives. So there's more gross on those new vehicle sales. And eventually, and, and also as you do have all these new car and used car sales, naturally F and I goes up. All your insurance rates, your, you know, your back end profits, all the products that, that can be sold. And soon, soon enough, we will start to see this nice tidal wave of service parts sales start to really pick up. The total vehicle gross profit, if you include F&I, total vehicle gross profit per unit, including F&I, increased 18% to $4,392. Gross profit per unit, not including F&I, $2,979. Used vehicle profit was $2,426. Now, if you recall, AutoNation was below this amount of $2,500 or you know, $2,500 essentially. AutoNation was, I think, right at about $1,500. And I believe the general trend, according to NADA, was that Used vehicle profit is about twenty five hundred dollars, twenty five to three thousand. So then, Lithia's used vehicle profit again is twenty four two thousand four hundred twenty six dollars. If you include F and I in that, they're at three thousand nine hundred ninety four dollars. I mean, these are impressive, impressive numbers. Their mixture of sales on the used car side. of their sales were CPO cars. 59% of them were three to seven-year-old cars. And 21% of them were eight years years old and older cars. The average days in inventory is 42 days. The the board of directors for Lithia approved a dividend of 35 cents per share. And that will pay out on... May 7th. I'm sorry, it will pay out May 21st for all the shareholders who are on record as of May 7th. So if you want to get 35 cents extra this year, next month in May, then look to buy some shares prior to May 7th to partake in that dividend. During the quarter, Lithia announced the opening of a previously awarded Infinity Infinity location in Los Angeles. 
and they also completed the acquisitions of Fields Auto Group in the greater Orlando, Florida area, Fink Auto Group in Tampa, Florida, and Avondale Nissan in Phoenix, Arizona. In addition, Lithia completed one of the largest acquisitions in automotive history, and this indeed was not only the largest, but a very impressive acquisition. And as we get towards the end of the episode, there was actually one of uh, the questions from one of the attendees who asked about how or why is it that Lithia has been so successful in their acquisitions historically. And that is the case. Lithia, for some reason, is, you know, they're, they're batting close to a thousand when, when it comes to them engaging in these acquisition talks. So Lithia was able to acquire the Suburban Collection in Detroit, Michigan. All of these strategic acquisitions are anticipated to generate $3.1 billion in annualized steady revenue. I mean, wow, $3.1 billion in annualized revenue. And like I said, when it comes to market caps of these publicly traded auto groups, Lithia is now the lead horse. $10 billion is their market cap followed by AutoNation, which is about $8 billion, Penske Auto Group, which is at $7 billion, Asbury at $4 billion, Group One Automotive at $3 billion, and Sonic Automotive at $2 billion. Now, one of the things that Lithia did last year in 2020, even though it was the pandemic year, it's always admirable to see businesses continue to follow through on plans that they had made pre-pandemic, Lithia launched their new driveway operation. Driveway is the competitor to, for instance, AutoNation's USA stores. AutoNation's USA stores are the used car operation side of AutoNation, which would also compete against the CarMaxes of the world, the Carvanas of the world. So Lithia has come out with their version of a used car operation dubbed Driveway. And they really have gone to greater technological heights deploying this platform than, you know, you could probably rival this in a lot of ways technologically to Carvana. But they have devised not just a website, but an app that allows you to buy, sell, and maintain your vehicle. And a lot of this concept is based on the name of driveway. You can simply buy the car online and they will deliver it to your driveway. You can look to sell your car. They, you, you enter in a few data points about your car. I'm sure upload a few pictures. And they will then come to your house and pick up your car. And then if you want to service your car, you can simply schedule a service appointment and they will pick up your car from your house, leaving you a loaner, and then they will take your car to the dealership of choice. That's something for me, I don't know about quite yet. And, you know, maybe this is just a generational thing. I don't know how comfortable I am. And I think many of my peers would also echo the same thing. I don't know how comfortable they would be to have someone drive their car from their house to the local dealership. 
you know, even presuming it's five miles, 10 miles away. It sits just a bit uneasy. I think there's just greater risk involved when you're exposing your car to another driver and having them drive the car to the dealership. I don't know. I, I, that, I think that's just another hurdle for a lot of consumers to get over, but certainly driveway is hedging on the fact that this is going to be somewhat of the norm. Perhaps it's for the millennial generation and the younger generation that they don't mind as much that they have someone else driving their car. Maybe. But this driveway operation is definitely, definitely a big, big focal point of Lithia's strategic path moving forward. Brian DeBoer spoke about some of the trends that have that 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 he's been able or the company's been able to gather as of the launch of this driveway operation about last summer, last fall. So here's Brian speaking more about that. We are on target to achieve a run rate of 15,000 driveway shop and sell transactions by year end. Important to note that this target does not include driveway finance and service transactions. On our pathway towards this first volume milestone that took other e-commerce use-only competitors two to three years to reach, we are finding several interesting early trends we'd like to share with you today. First, 97.8% of our driveway customers during our first quarter were incremental and had never done business with a Lithia dealership before. Second, we are seeing that it is taking 19 minutes on average for a customer to complete a full vehicle purchase transaction online with financing included. We are also seeing that about 15% of all credit decisions are auto approved. An overwhelming majority of our consumers still need help from our driveway care center to structure their purchase balance their credit with their desires and get through the financing process. 43% of our sales are out of region and our average shipping distance is 732 miles with an average shipping fee of $477. Lastly, we continue to build our online reputation with an average Google review score of 4.98 stars out of five. So, these driveway trends are another piece in the puzzle of how the industry overall is shifting to this online operation and to how they are shaping consumer behavior on how e-commerce is done. The percentage of new customers that driveway has acquired of 97.8% is, is not entirely impressive although it sounds great because it's 97.8, but the reality is, is that they never had this operation to begin with. So most of the people that are coming to this, uh, to these stores are going to be new customers. The 19 minutes on average to complete a transaction is pretty interesting. If you were to break down 19 minutes, I mean, I guess that would be the question I would have. What is comprised in that 19 minute transaction, right? Is that all credit? Because if you are at a dealership, for instance, filling out all the paperwork itself, you're going to near, you know, all that paperwork is going to near probably about 10, eight to 10 minutes 
And then by the time you have to do all the credit checks, by the time you let's take out the negotiating part about it, right? And that's that's one of the trends with these used car operations. One, no haggle price, one price. So eight to ten minutes of a credit application. You need the approvals, and then you need to get all the other paperwork for that car ready. So 19 minutes seems oddly, oddly fast. So I'd be curious what that, you know, what is included in that 19 minutes. 15% of all credit decisions are auto-approved. Again, it would be helpful to know who were some of, you know, what were the average credit scores or what's the breakdown of the credit scores that were being auto-approved. 43% of the sales are out of region. That's actually pretty interesting there. I mean, again, talk about how, be it the e-commerce side or used cars in general, when someone finds a used car, they are definitely willing to go after that car, even if it means it's quote unquote out of region. And as Brian alluded to, their average shipping distance is 700 miles. So this is all very insightful information about some of the trends that they're already picking up on. Now, there is a gentleman during the Q&A, his name is Ryan Sigdal from Craig Hollum Capital Group. He asked a question with regards to some of the trends of driveway. And so Brian dove deeper into what was what's going on with this driveway operation. So here's Ryan asking a question to Brian. Good morning. Uh, Brian, just want to follow up quickly on the last kind of the customer care center. And you mentioned kind of one, uh, or I guess 12 sales per employee, uh, longer term 30. You think that's purely kind of a scale thing as, as you scale driveway in the care center? Or has there been kind of a structural change as you're getting into the care center and kind of how much work and time and effort it, it takes per sale? Well, thanks, Ryan, for the question. This is Brian again. I think there's, it's, it's surprising that our original design, we thought the 30 to 1 was a no-brainer, and a lot of that came from our experiences with, with Shift Technologies, which was our, our partner and still is our partner in, 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 in uh, Ascend. So, we saw a 30 to 1 care center to, you know, vehicle to care center associate level. But when we start to look at the spread of credit spectrum and the age of vehicles that we're looking at, it may be that midterm over the next two to three years, that 12 to 1 is our real number. Fortunately, they are a little bit lower cost than what traditional uh, associates cost in a traditional channel. So we still think that the $1,000 a unit for the next uh, you know, five years is still uh, doable. I think it's going to, we're not positive that our technology today, and we have 29 APIs with lenders, which is almost four times what our competitors in the e-commerce space have. And we're still seeing massive amounts of, you know, of this auto finance fall through the cracks, meaning that most people aren't able to structure their transaction, even with us guiding them digitally, to be able to match this what credit uh, credit companies are able to accept. So there's that looping idea that consumers today in driveway are having to go back and change information, whereas 
what our ultimate state is, is really where the consumer just puts in what it is. We query all 70,000 vehicles that are in inventory against all 29 APAs with our lenders. And we spit back that these 900 cars, you can buy exactly the way you want for the payment you want. Okay, that is what our design three years ago was ultimate state, okay? And no one today in the industry even gets close to doing that. And we believe that we will be the first uh, later this year, early next year to be able to do that. And we'll have multiple iterations of that type of logic uh, over the next couple quarters that improve that uh, to at least a level or competitive level to what some of the others that are that are doing today. So admittedly, I have not tried out driveway. I have not bought a car from driveway, so I don't know exactly how this customer experience goes. But a few things with regards to what Brian was saying here. One is I thought, I think that they were a bit overzealous to say that for every one care associate that works at a driveway, that they can handle 30 car, they, they could sell 30 car units per month. Right. And I, I understand this is kind of part of this digitizing process that it speeds up everything. But I think even, you know, I, I think this is pretty clear evidence that with other dig, uh, digital retail operations that other stores have implemented, I don't think that it's, I think it's going to be very tough to get to 30 to one, because as he alluded to, there's, there's so many different situations, especially as buyers look to get finance, that there's so much nuance in that credit application that credit applications online may be abandoned because they either don't know how to answer the question. They don't, the, 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 the answer they give is not exactly in line with what the, what the bank wants. And these are some of the hacks, right? That a lot of dealers know of how to really propose an application to these banks so that they can buy it pretty immediately. Like for instance, I think one of the more common mistakes consumers make when they fill out a credit application if you're a renter and you live with other people, and this is obviously, this affects millions of Americans. If you are a renter and you live with other people, you're, you're going to have to state what your monthly rent is. And it's not obvious what to state there. More times out of not, I would say, in my experience, six out of 10 times, that renter puts down the total monthly rent of the apartment they're renting. And that's not correct. You want to put down what your share is. So those are those little nuances that unless you know these things, then you're going to get stuck in that application process. And this is where you'll have to come into the store. You'll have to talk to someone to you know, really put together, really package up this application so that you can get auto-approved. If I understand correctly, too, the way that this technology or this platform, this driveway platform, is, it works based on what Brian is saying, is that once you enter in all your information, essentially filling out a credit application, then their algorithms will basically propose to you all, you know, a, a list of cars within a certain region that you would qualify for. So I presume in that case, they're going to do a soft run of your credit not a hard run. And then that way, at least you have a really good idea of what you're able to afford. That's kind of an interesting concept. It's an interesting technology. So as we 
go back to Lithia's share price. Again, it's trading right at about 380, give or take some. Their market cap is 10 billion. They are the most highly valued company of all the publicly traded companies. So, what does that mean for their share price? What does it mean for their stock? What what can they do with that? Well, John Murphy at Bank of America asked a very pointed question, and it's a very interesting one. So here's John Murphy of Bank of America. Okay, and, and then just lastly on the stock, I mean, you're trading in a multiple that's um, you know far higher than, than some of your peers. Um, obviously, the growth is is what people are looking at there. So um, certainly, not saying it's not justified, but why not use that multiple to do a stock for stock deal and accelerate or add to your your plan here. I mean, it just seems like that would be, you know, very creative, um, even if you paid a 20% premium for one of the other public uh, public groups. And then also on the stock, it was, I think, uh, September 30th last year when he did a stock um, issuance or secondary issuance, and I think it was, the stock was around 220. You know, we're looking at almost 380 right now. I mean, why not issue more stock to have capital to, to go after these acquisitions, uh, maybe even at a faster pace? So, why not a stock-for-stock stock deal, and why not raise more capital? John, I think maybe the easy answer is you're probably right. I mean, it does make sense. That's in our repertoire of solutions, and we always try to balance the long-term opportunities and stabilize the likelihood of getting it through capital. And, you know, we do sit there nicely today, and we're fortunate that we do trade at a little bit of a premium uh, to the sector, but we still also traded a discount to some of the new et- entrants by a pretty considerable amount. And obviously, our early learnings in driveway have taught us it is a more formulaic business, okay? And I think it's it's going to be exciting over, you know, our second, third, and fourth quarters of being in business in e-commerce to be able to actually extrapolate that when we open markets and we have top of funnel that's at X number of you know, of unique visitors that translates into X number of sales. It, it's, it's, it's quite different than what we've experienced in auto traditional retail on the vehicle side, that there's some art in it. Okay. And this is not as much art. It's a lot of science. Okay. And it's exciting to be able to see that there's a trajectory that is different with unique customers than our traditional channel where we've had to really roll up our sleeves and and fight those battles and find solutions for customers. Whereas here, you're throwing a much broader net with a lot lower closing ratio, but it is somewhat formulaic based off your investments in marketing and care associates and the, and the technology. And we think that we've progressed quite nicely over the first you know quarter of, of being live and now about almost two years of having the technology under development. So... This goes back to Lithia's strategy or their successful strategy of acquisitions. And essentially, what Mr. Murphy here is suggesting is why not you, since, since Lithia is heavily capitalized, why not use that capitalization, that market cap to purchase? I don't know, Sonic Automotive that's worth $2 billion. They could simply use 
a stock purchase as opposed to doing something in cash. Maybe they look to purchase someone like, well, they already have an investment in Shift. Vroom? I don't know. Certainly Carvana is worth double the amount market cap than Lithia. Carvana has a $20 billion market cap, so they can't really buy them stock for stock. But the whole idea here is if there is so much capital that Lithia has, you don't need to use any cash whatsoever to buy some of these other publicly traded stocks. Just you go stock for stock. Or there's the other opportunity of raising capital by issuing more shares. It's kind of interesting. Do I hear a split coming up? I don't know. Could be too soon. So this begs the question that David Winston from Morningstar, not Winston, Whiston, David Whiston from Morningstar asked. And I must say that I've been following Lithia for a few years now, and I haven't followed them as intently as I have maybe over the last year. But certainly, Lithia has always been on this buying spree, and it seems like they are able to buy up some of the biggest and best auto groups. They're able to get into these regions very fast by, again, buying up these dealerships that are very notable in these regions. And a testament to that is buying the Suburban Collection, which is, again, the largest automotive purchase in the history of buy-sells. So David Whiston of Morningstar asked a very poignant question to Brian, and that is, why is it that Lithia has been so successful with their acquisitions. Here's David. Why are you very often, if not always, successful, especially for a prime asset like Suburban? I mean, you've got five publics. There's Berkshire. There's Terry Taylor's firm. Why does the seller pick you? So most importantly, we do what we say we're going to do, and our track record of success is now oh about 286 out of 288 successful uh, closings as a company. We've only lost, sorry, three deals. I did my math a little bit wrong there. Over the last 25 years of M&A, we know what our manufacturers expect of us. We know how they look at approvability to ensure that we meet those qualifications in all cases. Okay, and today we do sit in a capacity with the synergies that we bring with driveway that allow for an overlay and another incremental lift with driveway financial as well as the driveway uh, leveraging of those new customers to be able to expand their profitability in even a greater sense, which again allows us to be more competitive over time. I will say this, David, we don't see massive competition of, of our on our deals. I mean, we've now been doing this for 25 years. It's something that is cultural. We don't have a VP of M&A, okay? I mean, I think I was the last one that was in that role. It's something that everyone does. In fact, Chris Holshu is doing deals, and we got general managers that are doing deals. It's a bonded relationship with sellers and those 2,600 leads for the last 25 years that we now can pay the amount that they're looking for, okay, while still making sure that it's highly accretive. And there's not a real reason to put it out to market to put risk in their employees' minds or have things go to market and our industry closes four out of 10 deals, even at a definitive level. And we're closing 
98% of all deals that we that we sign, and I think that's a risk that many sellers don't want to put their people uh, in the in the in the firing lines of having a deal fall apart, which we all know that that occurs fairly often. So I don't really have much to say on this one, to be honest with you. It's kind of hard to add some additional insight to this without, you know, interviewing a handful, you know, essentially servicing, surveying a lot of dealerships that either were offered a deal from Lithia or, you know, for the three acquisitions apparently that fell apart to somehow talk to them to see why it, what happened? Why did it fall apart? Did they end up selling to someone else instead of Lithia? So apparently they have a very good recipe for acquisition. I think the, obviously it helps when you're one of the bigger dogs in the room that you can essentially pay a certain amount, which you can remove all other buyers off the table. I think it was interesting to hear his insights and how he was the last one that served as the VP of acquisitions and that nobody else does that. So if no one else is in charge of that, then it certainly is just a organizational task, responsibility that everyone is doing a little bit of qualifying of all the dealerships that are in existence. There's you know, approximately 17,000 new car dealerships in the United States. So they have their, they have their tentacles everywhere qualifying, seeing what's, what's out there. And when the right time comes, such as an economic depression, here is the big dogs, Lithia, able to come in and swoop in and offer top dollar. It's kind of like buying a house, right? Come in, cash offer, make a ridiculous offer, and you've effectively removed all the competition. So that's Lithia's earnings call. Please use your own judgment on whether you want to buy, sell, or hold this particular share. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Again, if you're not already subscribed to the show, be sure you subscribe to the show. Next week, we're going to take a look at Tesla's earnings. I'm looking forward to that one. So that one will be a good one. As we end every episode, cheers, bros, lachaim, kipis, nastravi, salut, kampai, mabru, putsins, gambe, yamas, nastarovie, vos, salute, and saudi to the customer experience. Business class listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode of Wisco Weekly. If you enjoyed the show, Please do provide Wisco Weekly a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'll be here again next week. Wisco Weekly is providing this information for educational purposes only. We are not providing legal, accounting, or financial advisory services, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell any stocks, options, or other financial instruments or investments. Examples that address specific assets, stocks, options, or other financial instrument transactions are for illustrative purposes only and may not represent specific trades or transactions that we have conducted. In fact, we may use examples that are different or the opposite of transactions we have conducted or positions we hold. This site and any information or training therein is also not intended as a solicitation for any future relationship, business or otherwise between the members or participants and the moderators. No express or implied warranties are being made with respect to these services and products.
All investing and trading in the securities market involves risk. Any decisions to place trades in the financial markets, including trading in stock or options or other financial instruments, is a personal decision that should only be made after thorough research, including a personal risk and financial assessment, and the engagement of professional assistance to the extent you believe necessary.